0: Hi everybody and welcome to episode 7 of the GA and Gym Podcast. My name is Oshin Quinn and today we have another guest on the podcast. Um, I really enjoyed this podcast. I think it's going to be a good one. I think you'll all enjoy it. Um, We have Meath, a dual player. Been actually playing for Meath since like 2003, 2004. Still playing up to now and still playing pretty well. really big into the gym side of things. Some of the, the numbers that he's told me he's lifted is fucking crazy, a 250 box squat, 275 deadlift, mm-hmm. um, and has recently started in the personal training and the nutrition side of things, and is, is seemingly getting more into um, uh, into that industry of, of personal training, but has been uh, in the gym for a long time and was really valuable to Chatty to because has been in the GAA since this whole gym culture is, has emerged, um, so it, it was really interesting to chat there. Um, so yeah, without further ado, we have uh, Mickey Burke on the podcast. Um, th- this is a great one. Take notes. Um, the vlog of our workout will be up on YouTube as well. Um, the YouTube channel is just called Quinn Strength, or if you type in like workout with me, senior footballer, it'll probably be there. And uh, you know, while you're there, check out the other videos we have and then subscribe, like them all helps me out um and then this podcast is going to be um going to be available everywhere so so share it around but yeah without further ado uh the ga and jib podcast episode seven with mickey burke good to have you on the show how's it going Oshin? yeah thanks so much for having me looking forward to to chatting let there's um going to your instagram you have a lot of things going on uh between the gloves and and jerseys and your impersonal in personal training how would you describe yourself
1: Oh, how would I describe myself? Um, I let other people, I let other people kind of do that for me. But um, I suppose a little bit different. Um, always been my own man. Um, kind of not. I didn't try and stand out from the crowd on on purpose, but that's just the way I am. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I have a huge passion for for sport, for fitness, and for nutrition. And um, yeah, I brought out a bit of. Gear in the last six months, I suppose, about a bit of bit a bit of clothing
0: and gloves and stuff like that. And uh, how do you think other people would describe yourself then if you're if you're chatting about it? Jesus, I don't know. I honestly <laughs> don't know what people would make of me. Um, how did how did the name Honey Badger? Where does that come from? Well, there is an animal. Uh, I'm I'm aware it I'm it aware of like some of the things it does. It was kind of but
1: it does. So it was kind of like it's not the size of the dog. It's the fighting the dog. Yes. Um, the honey badger is one of the strongest pound for pound uh, animals out there, and uh-huh. most dangerous and strongest. Uh no fear. No fear, exactly. No and fear. does kill snakes and yeah, att- uh, tackles and uh, spiders, anything. So uh, I found it f- I I thought it was fairly apt and yeah, a bit of crack around the club, and then look at I just kind of when I started off my Instagram page, that's just what I went with. Uh huh. And um, how is uh, what did you make in this season this year? It's not too bad, lad. Like, um we, we achieved our goals which <coughs> was getting to Division One and to get to the Super Eight. I think it was massively important for Mead football to get to Division One to be playing six, seven games next year at the highest standard, so um and then obviously we got we got three really good games in the super eight, so
0: what did you make of the super eight? Pardon? What did you make of the super 8? Did you think it was good or
1: Oh fantastic to be playing in it. Yeah, you know. Um do I think it's good probably though for the for the whole of the do I think it's su- 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 success? Probably not, because there's some dead rubber games, and I still think it's leaving out the the so-called weaker counties, which I have a huge, um, which is a bugbear of mine, because it's not doing nothing for the for for the weaker counties.
0: Yeah, what do you think can be done for for counties like that?
1: think a tier championship is the way to go. Or I think a tier championship is probably a way to go. Um, I would love if there be a Champions League style format where there's teams are seeded and everyone's going to get at least five or six games maybe but yeah. that's probably never going to happen. Um but look at you look at any other sport. Look at the Premier League, you have the Championship, you have, you know, League 2, look at any anything any rugby divisions. Um like that the worst team doesn't get to play the best. You know, yeah. unless unless it's a cup competition or something uh-huh. like that. Um, and that's no disrespect to any other counties. It's just being realistic. Um, but I do think that the weaker counties have to get more than two games to, to improve in the championship. It's just very unfair for the like of, we we'll us say, <coughs> if you're a Watford footballer, you lose in the Munster Championship to Kerry, then you get maybe Armagh or Derry or... or yeah. Or or a, or a Galway or a mead or something in the qualifier, next thing bang you're gone and your football's over. How are they meant to develop? How are them counties meant to improve?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's even as well, it's wild hard to to motivate yourself. You know, if you're from a county like that and the manager's saying we're gonna be out four or five times a week and need you to do this, I need you to do that for you maybe to get a couple of games like and maybe get a hammer, it's wild hard to to motivate yourself that like. Unbelievable and I have huge respect for the
1: for the place them counties yeah. that are doing that, like um I agree completely with that. It's it's I don't know, a very very tough mentally to keep doing that, but I think a two-tier championship market is right. Call it the Podioche tournament or, or something like that. Have it in Crow Park. Have it on telly. Yeah. Like let's not just have a have a kind of a, a hearsay tournament and just just do it just for the sake of it. And um, it has to be done right and promoted yeah. right for the players. I think
0: that's it. Like I think if it, it was organised properly, it was given enough air time, there's no reason it couldn't be, it couldn't be like. I think it's just you have to get away from the stigma that it's not like a, it's not the all Ireland, you know. It's just another championship. It's like a, it's like a community shield and FA Cup and Premier League. They're all different, but they're pretty much all the same. You know, the same value to an extent. Like in in terms of football, yeah. you know, it's, it's just trying to not make it seem like it's just complete lesser competition.
1: Yeah, I think you know, like like I'm saying, Martin, right? Having on telly have it maybe before an All-Ireland semi-final or something and maybe yeah. maybe the carrot is that <coughs> if you win it you're in the All-Ireland Championship the following year and you know that you're going to be playing yes. you know you know, higher higher grade of, of football so I just think tha- I think that would be important to do for, for development of fo- football in Ireland in general
0: I think so I think so how many seasons now have you been playing with me
1: um, well I came into the squad in 04 the winter of 04 2004 <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe I'm saying that now myself. <laughs> but played minor in three, and um, yeah, got called in four. Sean Boylan was the manager at the time. That's how long ago that is. So that was obviously a. I I d- I. There was no history of anyone playing football for me d- from my area. Okay. Um, it wasn't the done thing. It was kind of. I'm from hurling area, as I was telling you, yeah. kind of off air. Um. So. Sean Boylan was the manager and he took a punt on me. He 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 must have, I don't know, seen something maybe he liked and got a bit of luck and yeah, I've been knocking around since. So
0: Is it still do you still get the same balls playing for me now as you did whenever you just came onto the panel, you know, and is it still the same?
1: I do. I do. Um and probably that I'm coming to the end of my career maybe in a way, well I hope, you know, if another couple of years, few yeah. years maybe playing. Um, you cherish it more. Um, like I said, no one had but no history of anyone from Longwood playing football at Mead, so it was massive for the area and, and my family, um, and for the club. So, to me, Jersey is it's it's a it's a religion down here. It's football mad. Now we haven't had the success that we w- in previous years, you know, and and the success that we want. But it's it's, you know, you think of jer- certain jerseys and and you know Mead would be a, a real you know, iconic jersey and passionate c- football county. So it does. It gives me. Great motivation to go train and do everything properly and, and respect it rec- respect the jumper. Yeah,
0: I think the fact you've been playing so long, you know, you, you you've always obviously been able to do something right outside of football to keep yourself to keep that longevity like and get something you seem to be really interesting. Is is that longevity as well? Just from chatting for a wee bit there. Well, I think that's you know, I don't
1: I don't want to say that anyone because it'd be disrespectful could play for a year or two, but I think. You know, you see great soccer players, great Gaelic footballers, hurlers, all sports, rugby. And if they play for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, you kind of have... Like Johnny Doyle, for example, in Kildare, would been a really, really tough guy. Like, never won medals, but yeah. he'd have the respect of the country for his achievements playing with Kildare. And he played to a ripe old age. And, yeah, look, I've had I've had a long a long career. I didn't think, at the start, as I'm saying, I'd play one game with me never mind yeah the amount to have but um it's something i don't take for granted and it's something like every time i go out i try and i try and uh, give it my all and do my best pushing, yeah. you know you played uh hurling for me as well didn't you i did yeah so i'm from a hurling area um longwood would be we'd be senior hurling and all the clubs around us to be hurling so massive love love for for the game um and Actually made my, my debut for the Mead senior Hurlers before the footballers I played in 04 for the for the hurlers against Leash in the Leinster Championship. And then got called into the football. But yeah, I would have played dual for I don't know, maybe ten or eleven years. Tough going now at times. Um but how do you how do you manage that like? Ah, it's not easy. You look you sometimes you're playing on a Saturday and then you're playing on a Sunday. But you're young yeah. and you're enthusiastic and you're you're able to get. You're it. a bundle of energy, like you're a bundle. of glycogen running around the place, <laughs> like so. Um, yeah, and and again, I loved doing it, and it was something I wanted to do. And um, you know, like the football, like some of the footballers and me, like be looking at you as if to say, "What? Are you, why are you playing?" Like you know, yeah. but they don't. They're from hurling area, and they don't have that uh, drive for it. So um, it was tough. I had to mind myself. I was hopping into ice baths, and I was trying to keep loose for the next day, and. You know, doing doing all the little kind of
0: one percenters that I've always been yeah. interested in. So, is is that what's kind of led you down into that kind of side of things? You know, that that fitness side of things, gym training, recovery, or is that something you've always been interested in? You know, regardless of the fact you were doing Jill. Yeah, like it was,
1: it was something I was always passionate about. Um, I I came from. You know physically active family and we had a sheep farm um so i was i was kind of in my own way i was people asked me about you know your strength and your gym work and that and like we we had a big sheep farm and i was you know pulling and dragging sheep behind the bar i was i was walking i know you know like it's just you know like you'd be as a young fella so i was i was physically active then you're playing sport even going to school, I um, remember laughing about it. Now, like, I, I always brought in a big box of f- uh, fr- fruit for lunch, and <laughs> I, d- I don't know why I did it. I, I didn't have the research to yeah. do it, but I just always you did just it. You just knew. I, I just knew that it wasn't the right thing to be doing every day, going eating breakfast rolls and eating sweets every single day. Like, don't get me wrong, I had a breakfast yeah. roll in secondary school or a few sweets here and there, but the boys used to laugh at me, you know, Jesus, Mickey, why are you bringing in fruit all the time? Like, you know, um, um. it's just something I did and um yeah yeah you know i carried that on in in my my sporting career looking looking after myself
0: it's something i'm very passionate about uh, it, it's funny like i remember back in school too it was before kind of like fitness now is such a mainstream thing and before you know, i was in school it was kind of just coming into that stage but I remember going to school with like salads or something or you know a couple of chicken breasts cooking out night before and I was like what he you had like yeah. whereas now it's just that's normal you know it's funny how you, how things have changed so much in, in that kind of that realm like
1: yeah and I don't know again like I'm trying to say like this is like I was back in school in 03 um, 04 I, I repeated the leaving search like and I wasn't it wasn't the books or podcasts like you're doing or stuff yeah. to, to give you this information I just I, don't, I still don't know why it was just it just seemed like the right thing to be doing you know um yeah it's, it's gas and, it, and it's a bugbear of mine that um healthy eating now in schools and stuff like that, it's actually more expensive to be to be eating healthier than you know you can go out and you can buy a load of sweets and chocolate very cheaply yeah because, you know you if you want to eat healthier you know you have to spend money on it so um Anyway, that's probably a conversation for another day. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, I think that, that Joel player, I think it's really interesting chatting to you about this because I don't think maybe people will, will understand. Like, just if you can give me maybe a, like, what would be a kind of a week in life in terms of training, you know, when you have both of those teams? Like, how how do you balance both of them? Yeah, well, it was very it was very tough. So I don't understand the
1: managers when I was doing it. Obviously, I'm just playing the football now, but... When I was doing it, it was tough. So you'd you'd probably be. We'll say on a Monday maybe you had you had we'll just say for argument's sake you had a gym you gym Tuesday maybe you're with the footballers, uh, maybe on the Monday as well I probably had to try and get to the hurling wall for half an hour to keep my keep yeah. my eye in. Um, Wednesday I could have been with the hurlers out in the pitch. Um. Thursday probably again. I was I was with the footballers. I never missed football. That was probably one of the the main things. I never missed the football sessions on oh yeah. the pitch. As the meat football managers did not want me to miss that. Um, but I was going to the ball wall a lot on my own. Um, I was trying to make any hurling sessions that I could. Um, and then obviously on game days, then you know if I was with the hurlers on the Saturday, <coughs> I'd uh, try and recover straight away as best I can good food and supplements and you know i'd wear my compression gear skins and that on if it was a bus journey or um plenty of plenty of water hydration might even sleep in me sleep in my skins in bed just uh, like i'm saying any kind of
0: you were living basically a professional athlete's life
1: yeah any any one percenters that i that i could like again like I've, i've done all i've done all the the research in google about sleep and Compression and ice baths and anything like that, and um, yeah, the Sunday then you're with the footballers. Like it was tough when there was a game. It was fine when it was maybe week on week, but if there was times when, like I remember, um, a, sat- a Saturday we had, a ch- I think we had a championship match um, for the footballers in the qualifiers, and the Sunday we Christy Ring against Down. Um, they are just little things in my head that you know th- it w- it w- yeah. they were tough. That was tough to, to back up like i'm saying you were younger you're able, you able to get through it um, and i wanted to do it and i've you know some people don't want to do that and wouldn't have any interest in it and but um i wanted to, to kind of play as many games and play at that level you know
0: is there anything you're saying there about the uh, recovery methods like i'm sure over the past couple of years, like, training has changed so much and there's so much information out there. Is there anything that you you done most, looking back now, you kind of are regretting, like, or wincing that, that you do done, like, any crazy methods or anything like that? Or were you, were you always ice baths and, and the standard ones? Um, Yeah, ice baths. Oh, I've, I've, I've
1: done some mad stuff, lad. I couldn't say it on, uh, like, um, uh, like, I broke my leg in 2010. I remember putting my bed up in stilts um so like i put loads of books on on the ends of my bed so my my bed my bed was uh, tilted like that (laughs) so the blood (laughs) would run down away from me like um that's not even half the matter stuff but um yeah like i was saying to you kind of off air like i don't cringe now when guys 30 uh, start doing recovery methods and, and things like that but like, I was wearing the skins, I was eating my vegetables, I was, you know, hydrating, I was stretching after training. Um, I love my sleep, I'm a big sleeper. Yeah. Mostly, you know, it's
0: probably my... Have you read um that book, Why We Sleep, by Matthew Walker? No, he's I haven't read that now, no. It's a good read, He's he's been on a few... He's been on Drew, Drew Rogan's podcast, a few other ones, but it, it, once you read it, it was scary in the sleeping, like... You know, some of the stats, like, one of them was... um whenever the clock changes and you lose an hour of sleep that's the time of the year when there's the biggest spike in car accidents because people are losing just like one or two hours of sleep from it Whoa. you know like it's some of the stats in it are, are crazy how important how important sleep is yeah
1: there was like when I googled um, there's a guy called Nick Nick Littlehales is his name yep. and he's I read that book as well. yeah Man United he was United and all yeah, yeah Fergie got him in uh, whatever tw- 20 years ago or whatever and uh, basically, only three lads went to the meeting. Um, so he, he he met the whole squad, and he says, "Right, lads, we'll meet again." And only three lads came back to meet him. There was Gary Neville, there was Roy Keane, and there was Ryan Giggs. And you know, I said, "Right, I'm going to read a little bit more on this now, and you know, the mattress and uh, the sunlight coming in, yeah, all those all those little things and." Uh, I said I've always been a bit different but I'm, I'm just looking for marginal gains I'm looking for any type of uh, yeah. advantage
0: I can get and even if that's in the head more so than that i sure that's half the battle you know I think so and I think um, I think now everybody is trying to chase in we want whereas you you've probably had the advantage of doing it for a long time but you know now your recovery is becoming such a big thing which it probably wasn't training is now a, a massive thing um and nutrition i think it's great to see that that's all happening now and it's becoming more mainstream but it's um you know i think sometimes the, the biggest gains is is in the wee simple things like you're saying like sleeping eight hours seven hours eating good food if you're doing that that's like know 40 50 percent of it and everything else on top of it's a bonus like yeah people i think
1: as you're saying the russian like people maybe look for the g- the golden nugget or the you know the magic pill or the what's the and it's simple things like you know uh, your mother eat your eat your meat and your your two or three yeah. veg there for your dinner and you know be active um you know be be mobile uh, don't be sitting down too much um And then the other things are just get your sleep and as you said drink water like they're they're the simple things that people can control yeah um and then the rest is just kind of a top-up like supplements and all things like that are just to age or
0: yeah recovery and things i had um connor Neal was on the podcast um last week's podcast and he was chatting about you know you look at like a pyramid and the bsb and like your energy balance and all this is for like weight loss but say, in our case, like, the, the bottom would be your nutrition. So you're eating good food, you're eating vegetables, you're getting your sleep. And then, like, the very, very top point of the pyramid would be supplements. You know, it's like the cherry on top. But m- the first thing people ask you is, what supplements should I take? What supplements should I take? And it's like, let's not worry about that. Let's worry about the fact you're only sleeping four hours. Let's worry about the fact you don't eat any fruit or veg. You know, if you worry about that, that's probably going to give you a much bigger advantage in taking that protein shake. Absolutely. Like, supplements is just to supplement
1: yeah. Um your good habits, I suppose, and your diet. Um I'm I'm going back to study nutrition, um, as I was telling you, and something I've always been interested in and uh hopefully become a nutritionist and yeah, it's 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 little things you can control is just bi- basic things like like eating well and hydrating and I suppose look at it, there is a there is a kind of a I don't wanna say fad but Young fellas are mad for protein shakes and and, uh, and all that kind of thing. And look, what, I was there. I was that soldier as well. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, but if you a, if you have a good diet, it's definitely it's definitely a good
0: starting point. I think so. I think so. And I think it's uh, it's important that people hear that, like from like yourself, that you know those things are not. Not that important, like you know, worry about the big percentages like your day to day diet, how much you're sleeping, you worry about that, and all the wee things take care of themselves,
1: yeah. And, and again, look at it, it's about how hard, how hard you're training, ultimately, how hard you're training. Like, if you're going through a ridiculous, if you're eating well and you're hydrating and you're going through a really, really tough period of training or games and your body's sore, well, then have your protein shake, you know, and, and get that into you and recover well, but like. If you're going out and you're just doing it like if you're a runner or something like that and you're just doing a couple of kilometers and you're next thing you're you're lashing back a couple of moo juice every night mm-hmm. and chocolate milks you know you don't you don't really need that um so that's 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 something maybe just to yeah. be careful with like I, I think
0: even just for general health even if you're not if you're not playing at the top level even if you're not playing at all just by sleeping a wee bit more and just incorporating a wee bit more veg into your diet, eating a wee bit more and not sitting down the entire day, you will feel better mentally and physically. Like you know, It's amazing how much better you feel. Yeah, 100%. Definitely agree with that. Um, you played uh, for Ireland, didn't you, in Shinty? Yeah.
1: Um,
0: got picked probably... First uh, of all, just describe what Shinty actually is.
1: Okay, so Shinty is played in Scotland, um, up in the Highlands of Scotland. Very similar to hurling. Uh-huh basically to quote a long story short it <coughs> is you can't kick the ball or you can't handle the ball in Shinty um, you can't kick the ball or handle the ball and um, their stick is much longer yeah so it's kind of a hybrid game it's basically the it's like Aussie rules the, the, the Aussie that. rules game that we play Gaelic football yeah. you know against the, the, the Australians so um, I've probably played ten, 10 tests against against Scotland there's, there's normally a home and away um, so it's played in Inverness mm-hmm. and then wherever in Ireland there was a game in Nolan Park there was one in Crow Park uh, but it's probably it's the highest you can play for your country in hurling. Yeah. so something I, I'm very very proud of and very honoured to have done and uh, brilliant to to have played at that level one of my own club mates actually um, Damien Healy he would be a meat hurler for the, l- for the last five or six years the two of us got picked and um, yeah two particular years actually to, to play so that was amazing to have your own club mate playing with you as well Aye. uh for your country but tough game now I got that's very s- physical s- is it? oh i got some serious bangs and mother of god mission Yeah, uh, to get eight or nine uh, stitches i thought it was out to breaking my leg to be honest but broke the shin pad and everything Jesus. but um <laughs> yeah Coot got infected and everything but for luck um yeah, so it was a dirty old game. I was I was kind of brought over as a man marker to mark the main forward. Um, he was he was he was he was handy. Now he could he could hit a ball over on the ground for sixty or seventy yards, like a golfer. Really? Um, yeah. So they put the ball down like if it's a free to put it down like any sidelines or anything mm-hmm. like that. It was important to keep the ball in play because he just put the ball down on the sideline. He'd wh- whip it over from the ground. It's an amazing strike of a ball actually with their stick. Aye. But, um, yeah, there'll be clips on YouTube and stuff like that. But, yeah, I loved, loved playing the Shinty and hopefully maybe in future years maybe I might get another go with it.
0: Yeah, it's, um, I think it's amazing the fact you get really to represent Ireland. Like, you're probably, you probably have very few opportunities to do that, don't you, like? You know, un- unless you're playing for Ireland soccer team or something, but it's an amazing thing to be able to represent Ireland, like?
1: Yeah, you... you, you so, obviously, you have the international rules, mm-hmm. um, Gaelic, Gaelic football, then you have the Shinty. Um for hurlers, obviously the railway cup now is kind of gone. I got yeah. picked in the railway cup, um, one year for the hurlers actually, and the second thing was cancelled. It was in December, and I was remember driving down to Galway on the way down, and uh, a storm had hit. A storm had hit Galway, so it was called off. But um,
0: I'm surprised that has never got bigger. Like I was thought that's a great idea. Just never really took off or something. Oh,
1: he was devastated when it was called off. Like I remember driving down was driving driving now Yeti at the time <laughs> and uh, I thought it was going to blow off the road um, with the wind that was coming I said this is not going to go ahead the next thing I got a text message in balance slow saying the game was called off or the weekend was called off it was in December summer time it was devastated because you know I meet her playing Railway Cup I think there was loaded of Kenny boys and Wexford lads and Offaly lads and Dublin boys at the time and I think it's a fantastic tournament and pretty yeah. pretty. I, I don't know how they can't make it Um Work a bit better. Like I remember my father saying, he used to go to games in the the fifties and the sixties, and to be there'd be seventy thousand at the games, the River Cup football games, and that. It's crazy. So it's it's disappointing Aye. to see it not kind of on the fixture list at the moment. Maybe maybe something can be done in the future.
0: Uh, it would be good to see it back, like. Um, but I think it's you know whether it's representing Ulster, or Ireland, that's that's uh, an impressive thing. Like it definitely is. Um, you obviously. You're probably pretty well known for the fact you do a lot of gym training, and I think that's probably like It's one of the reasons why you've been in the game so long. How did you get in the gym training in the first place? Um, actually,
1: I remember one of my first gym sessions when I got called in with Sean Boylan, and I didn't have a clue what to do. Um, I never lifted a weight in my life. Like you got to think back now. This is October, November, '04. Yeah, um, I was only about eighteen. Wouldn't have been mainstream at all. Then, no, like? no, 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 not at all. Um, it was only becoming kind of popular because, like Armand Throne and O two or O three, like McGinney was one of my heroes, like, yeah. and still is one of my heroes, Kieran McGinney from Arma. Um, Would have read up On him a lot, and you know that that gym culture then, them boys was you know it was kind of almost bodybuilding at that, at that yeah. in that era. Everything evolves and changes. Yeah so first couple of nights sure I didn't have a clue what was going on I never bench pressed or squatted in my life but all of a sudden then after a few months I was kind of doing I was with a couple of the bigger lads so obviously I was able to kind of lift yeah. fairly well and um, something that came naturally to me like you know um, and it's something then that I've probably just kept kept up throughout my career I think it's it's helped me in in maybe playing for so long and, and prevention of injuries I don't Touch wood, and um, get get injured that often. Uh, mu- muscle wise or soft tissue wise, now people might be saying, "Jez, Mick, you're not running, you're not running fast enough." But uh, <laughs> I generally get contact injuries more, pushing more so than a, a soft tissue. So yeah. it, I would definitely put down the
0: gym work to uh, helping my body become more, um more resilient. Yeah, and durable. Yeah, I think so. I think that's the biggest thing, and that's I try to get across to people because they. You know, a lot of people do still say the thing they can't get o- a kick of weight over the bar, and we all know that. But I try and understand that it's f- if you're doing it for Gaelic, it's or for hurling, it's to keep you on the pitch. You know, it's to keep you more durable, it's to keep you being able to last the season. And um like this year, I've been fortunate to to work with a lot of the boys in my club and different clubs, and a lot of them, you know, have got through it without really any injuries or anything too bad, and. Not saying it's me, but I'm saying the fact that they have done a, a good sort of season of of gym training has has definitely helped. Like, might not make Mickey any better in terms of skill, but gives you a better chance of staying on the pitch. Definitely, a hundred percent. Look, you can't have that
1: small-minded mentality of oh, you can't kick a weight over the bar, or um, what's the other one? You know, uh, weights slow you down. Um, <laughs> like, you can't have that closed mindset. So, for me, it's about. Look, at, not going to lie. Everyone kind of wants to look good as well. You know, yeah. you you want to, like, you want to look fit. And, but on top of that, for me, I love training and it's good for my mind. Yeah. Um, I love going to the gym or I love getting a sweat on of some sort. So it's good for my mind. It's good for my mental health. And, again, to make myself more durable, like, uh, aside from <coughs> a couple of massive, um, uh, contact injuries. I've been pretty lucky, and you know, from reading all different books and and uh, different guys like Brad Thorn would have been another another guy that I would have researched a lot. The New Zealand um, rugby player, and he played league as well, which I, which I love, and came to Leinster, and you know, he was a huge advocate of the gym and and how it kept him on the pitch and there's so there's so many examples that I could yeah. I could uh, of, of guys in the
0: gym. Do you know what the thing is? And I think uh, like you've you've clearly studied all of it and it's something I would have done. You look at the top performers in any field, and they leave wee clues and wee secrets behind. You know, and then a lot of the top boys, whether it be in you know any kind of sporting industry, like yeah. good examples like Tiger Woods. Like Tiger Woods came in and was like the first golfer to start doing gym training. Yeah. Completely different sport, but still the fact that like everyone was saying, you can't do that there. That will not help. And. It Ended up becoming probably the most successful golfer ever. He's still actually doing a bit now. Yep. You know, all these people leave weak clues behind, and I think it's important to to do your own research and figure that out. Even
1: even uh, Gary Player, the Dark Knight. You know, um, I think he's well over eighty now, and he's banging out two or three hundred push-ups a day. But he was he was doing squats. He was doing squats in the fifties, um, before uh, going out to play golf, and people were looking at him going. Who is this nut job? <laughs> what is he at? And he'd get someone on his back and he'd be doing squats and he'd be he'd be bench pressing and he's still doing it and um he's obviously Gary Player is a South African part of the big tree. I'm not a huge golf man, but there's a clue to that, that he's still in good shape now at his old age. He did really well in 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 golf and um he looks fantastic as well for his age at the moment, which is you know, so the
0: the proof is in the pudding. There, he's obviously did something right. Yeah, I think so. I think so, and I think now uh, people are starting to see that and starting to sift through the the kind of bullshit that you see on Instagram or online, and um, you boil it down to just. And I would say it's probably similar to the work that you do. You do the foundational movements and just do them consistently. Like, yeah, look, t- you're going to have you're going to have spoofers in every walk of life,
1: You know, but um, I think that, you know what you're doing with your own uh with your own thing here uh your podcast and your own strength and condition instagram is is brilliant and very good and very informative and you know you're one of the good guys as the villa says what you're doing and keep her keep her lit boy i
0: appreciate that I, I, i'm intending to anyway um you, you're finished up with me now what's your what's your kind of programming looking like yourself are you just going off your own program do you get coached or what are you doing yourself well I do I do
1: keep in contact with
0: the mead and um mm-hmm.
1: for a bit of running or a bit of gym work um, obviously back to the club now so the club season is kind of wi- winding up in Mead um we're senior football and senior hurling um tiny parish very small club um it's our first year of senior football in probably 80 years. We're actually in the relegation playoff now. We've had a bit of a nightmare of a year we've had a lot of injuries and we literally only have about 17 18 players in our really? club we're a tiny tiny club so we're really punching above our weight and both lads play the same with the same team in both codes if that makes sense so it's yes. the exact same group i think there's only two footballers only it's so like for our last senior football game we had nine guys injured and we t- we to bring a load of boys from the second team like who who like wouldn't wouldn't play first team football yeah but so anyway, to cut a long story short, we we played the senior hurling quarter final yesterday, and we won, thank God. So we're in the semi final this weekend, coming. Uh, senior hurling semi final in meet. We've only ever won one uh, senior hurling championship, 1936, um, and we've the relegation of football. Then not sure when that's going to be. Maybe in a week or two. But as regards training, I do my training with the club. Um, pitch sessions might obviously maybe do a little bit more. Maybe if I stay out for a run or more bit more practicing on that and um keep my gym gym work up um my gym work would probably consist of you know olympic lifts um squats um deadlifts chins i i put on muscle very easily yeah um Oisin, I, I seem to look at the weight and like g- it's just my genetic like you know mm-hmm. uh, some guys would struggle to i don't know about yourself but some guys would struggle to i see some of my mo- some of my best friends at the club and they'd be in the gym with me as much and they'd be Pour and grub, grub into them, and just can't, can't put it on. Whereas I, I need to be careful because I can get bulky very, very quick. Yeah. And I did make that mistake, probably six, seven years ago. I look back at a few photos, from myself and photo, uh you know Leinster finals and stuff like that, and I was m- bloody massive like uh, do you know. too big, you think? Probably, but I was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it was a time when the when it was just changing again. We're talking about evolving and moving with the times. It was probably after breaking my leg. I broke my leg in 10. And for 11 and 12, I got massive. I went to the gym, like, and I was like, yeah. "This." I was kind of saying, was like, this is not going to happen to me again. I'm not going to, I'm going to really protect myself. And, and, you know, when I look back at a uh, uh, 2012 Leinster final, and I was enormously, I was probably, I could have been maybe 95 kgs, playing, yeah. ca- playing <laughs> cornerback, <laughs> Mark and Paul Mannion. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, he was only a young, a young fella coming on the scene. And, and you know, I was using my experience and my, a bit of John as well, no. and a bit of whatever. But um, you know, again, I had, to, I had to try and move. Then again, with the time, and you look at you even look at the uh, looking a few of the podcasts yourself. The Troton boys, and th- it's it's a leaner game now. It's it's almost Aussie rules now yeah, nearly. you know? So it's it's about evolving and moving, and I think that's something that yeah. I've I've possibly like look at talking about Ryan Giggs there earlier. He was a he was a bullet of a left midfielder up and down the line, skinning lads, and then he kind of change his game a little bit and then he ended up playing centre or mid for United in the last few years and he was forty or forty one. Yeah. So it's about yeah. changing.
0: I, it does look and I think it'll it'll change again very soon and um but I, I do think it comes back to if you just do those those basic things like you're chatting about, like if you can do them, do the Olympic lifts, do the big movements. If you do that there no matter what way it changes, they'll they'll always kind of be the mainstay of of every program, like you know, or, or every type of every type of training. I think the compounds are always there, aren't they? Your bench, yeah.
1: your squat, your deadlift, your your chin, whatever, uh, your chin ups. Um, I think they, I th- they're o- they're always going to be there. They're there for a reason, as we're saying. Yeah. They've been there for so long. The other things are just maybe to. Man, don't get me wrong. We love going in and we love doing a bit of an arm session or a bit of a yeah. here and there. Like that's not. Let's not lie. Um, but I think if you're doing them well and you're making gains in the compounds, um, you know, I'd like the ensure Olympic lifts is they're very, very hard to recover from. Even if you're doing them yeah. right, you know, in a, in a session. So they um, are power movements, and you see what what the sprinters are doing and things like that. The rugby, the rugby guys. So keep it them if you're if you're yeah if
0: you're at i, I think that's you know it's sort of said about people leaving clues like all these big teams if you go on youtube and put in like england rugby team session gws giants gym session it's all air like you know and you sort of just take these things from that and figure out why they're doing it and then you try and work it into your own program and see you know if it would work for you but it does all come back to it's the, the compound movements just done consistently like
1: yeah, doing the compound movements, doing them well, doing them a good technique. Obviously, then you can r- ramp up the weights if you if you've good experience them. But go to someone like yourself. Olympic lifts is probably um, it's a little bit trickier. Obviously, you know yourself you got to start start small, even start with a a broom or, or you yeah. know because it is tricky the actual the lift and the technique, isn't it? So uh, the,
0: the transitions between them, uh, like Olympic and I think with CrossFit it becomes more popular but it's it is brilliant but it just does take a long time to actually figure it out so if you can do it and do it well I think that's that's a real benefit to your athleticism because it shows you have mobility, it shows you that you're able to generate a bit of power and it shows you, that you can think whilst doing this high-powered movement which is really good but it is hard to do. It is, it is like I remember 2011 Seamus McInerney, Panty
1: came in to manage us, and he brought Marty McElhinney with him. And um, I remember being in the gym, and he was trying to teach us how to do this this in two thousand and eleven. And I was t- it took me ages to get like ages to get the movement and the you know get my
0: yeah the front and rack and all that you know.
1: And um, but again, I wanted to wanted to learn, wanted to improve, and I think that's important as well. You know, yeah. to go outside your boundaries. Don't be don't be comfortable just doing the same, challenge your body to different exercises and different um, training sessions and vary it. You know, you'll see, because your body will, as we all know, if you're doing the same session
0: all the time, your body will adjust and get used to it. Yeah, yeah. Diet's obviously, like you chatted, it's something you're really interested in. How important has diet been to your, to playing and your performance over the past couple of years? Oh, diet has been huge. Um Yep As I was saying Going back to
1: stu- Going back to nutrition So it's something I'm passionate about And interested in And I would have been siphoning through books And mm-hmm. Googling And seeing what Different guys are doing Um Yeah I don't I don't really take dairy Um I don't really take gluten mm-hmm. I've never got tested for it So I'm not going to say I'm a celiac Or yeah. you know But I feel I feel better without it Um we have probably we have the most celiacs in the co- in in the world actually, Ireland. Um, really? We do, yeah. Um, th- they say it's because we're an island nation and we're all kind of <laughs> yes <laughs> related to each other in some uh-huh. way, shape or form, nearly. But um, so yeah, I, I I I feel better without it, and um, probably the only bit of gluten that I would have really is might of porridge oats maybe on the, the day of a game or something like that maybe. Um, or I like a, a sourdough bread, kind of yeah. uh, as well. Um, but it's definitely something that has kept me playing for a long time and, and, and injury-free, and getting the proper nutrients in yeah. my veggies and my fruit. And um,
0: it would would the majority of your diet then be kind of vegetable-based and uh, good meat, or yeah, yeah, hmm. it would be. It would be. Um,
1: I've done them all. I've I've tried them all. I tried the. Um, you know eating loads of carbs and carb loading and and um intermittent fasting was mm-hmm. my most recent one that i was doing what uh, do you think of it i think i think i think it's fine um i think it's a good way of restricting your calories yeah Um on a day if you're unsure so you only have that window of so many hours to, to eat in as long as you don't gorge in those yeah few hours and you go you go away while mad and you just start eating everything around you but um no, I found inter- intermittent fasting good. I definitely, I definitely really leaned up a bit.
0: I had been playing about with it there for the past couple of weeks too. Um, up up until probably about last week, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, as same as yourself, I thought I leaned down a lot whenever I was doing it. And uh, one of the things I kept hearing a lot was that you were a wee bit sharper mentally, you know, because you're always in this nearly like this state of hunting for food. Yeah. I did like it and, uh, you know, I, I think now with football being over, it's something I'll get back into the habit of doing. I, I think it is good keeping yourself within that, that time period and not eating too, like I used to. I would come in from work maybe at, you know, half eight or nine and sit down and have a big dinner and then you're going to bed after that and it just it doesn't leave you having a good sleep and stuff. So I I thought it was good, like
1: Yeah, no, I do. I, do, I, I, I have to say, I and mean, maybe with football being over, maybe not having the same te- maybe the same intensity of training
0: um, that, uh, that's the only thing it, it's maybe hard to balance it if you know if you're playing games frequently and you know you want to make sure you get enough food in you before the games I, I think that's just one of the areas that you maybe have to do a bit more research in like yeah
1: it w- it was it was just brought to me because I was at the start of the year um, the management and the SNC felt that I needed to maybe just lose a bit of the bulk my body fat is mm-hmm. pretty low but they wanted me to lose a bit of muscle mass, yeah. so it was tough. Losing muscle is actually <laughs> is tough, and I put myself through hell with,
0: with yeah. that intermittent fasting. Jesus, man, it was tough. Um, sort of uh, fasting windows those reading, like like sixteen eight, eighteen eighteen six or.
1: Um, yeah, eighteen six. I was doing, and like I was only taking in maybe. Thousand five hundred, thousand thousand eight hundred calories a day max max really? now, and oh, like the headaches I was getting and, you know, your were training, the volume of training we were doing and it was tough. Now, I'm not saying that's the right thing for people to do, um, but I- it, w- it was hard to break down. I needed that my body to eat yeah. weight itself uh-huh. without getting injured, without with, with training to the intensity that we were training with mead and trying to lose a bit of muscle. So it was a very, very tricky one. But I would say for people who maybe are carrying a bit of weight and who want to lose a bit of uh, weight, um, easy easily possibly that it's a good
0: method and it's not bad um but i think so i think yeah, so there's no. a good book uh obesity code right um it's just about how the body responds to insulin basically and you know one of the, <laughs> the things that causes obesity is this, is this insulin resistance and basically like our normal diet is you wake up and you're eating and insulin's constantly spiking and spiking and spiking throughout the day and that makes you more more resistant to it. And that's what actually leads to you putting on weight and struggling to get weight off. Whereas if you limit that to a smaller period, you know, it, you decrease your, your insulin resistance, basically. It's pretty interesting. I've, I chatted to a different nutritionist about it. And they were kind of, you know, 50-50, like, it makes a bit of sense. But it's not, you know, completely conclusive either. Yeah, of course.
1: And there's, no, there's a lot of things like that out there, Osh, you know. But, like, the breakfast one, as you're saying, is, like, people wake up straight up. bump. I need to have big bowl of porridge. Or I need to have three slices of toast with an egg you know and your body doesn't necessarily need that straight away yeah like i i, I love having a couple of coffees in the morning and actually training on empty i always train yeah. i always train on empty personally uh because i feel better i feel better doing it and i enjoyed the set like even if i was had a pitch session with me, some guys have to eat something before they go out like that and you need, bo- need to get up at eight o'clock and have a bowl of porridge i just couldn't do that because I, I wouldn't feel good with that
0: you would feel sluggish like. Wouldn't so
1: I have my couple of coffees, yeah. have me water, and I go out and I do my gym or I do my, my pitch. That's just me per then then I leave.
0: Yeah. I think you know, sometimes people think they, they have to do this or they they have to have a meal beforehand. You don't really, you know. Sometimes there's best practices. And you know what works best for you. But I think it's, I think it's maybe it's going maybe too far. But it's not good to get yourself in the mindset that you have to have something before a game or you have to do something before training because there will come a time whenever you can't do that. And then how how does your head react to it? Yeah. Whereas if you know you've been training and you don't eat anything, maybe something happens before a game. You have to rush to it. You you can't stop and getting the food. But you know in the back of your mind you're like, I'm okay here. I'll be all right. I know it's a bit of an extreme example, but no I think no it's no. I- it's good not to get yourself into that fixed mindset either. You're,
1: you're, you're dead right. You got to be able to look. What happens if you go to a you know championship final and you forget your sock, you know, or something like that? Yeah. So like, not the world isn't perfect, and not everyone is perfect. So, um, you have to you have to I suppose be, be, be aware for all situations and an- and and anything that can happen. Um, yeah, so after having a bit of a blank there now, you'll have to edit that.
0: <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think it, it, it'll be interesting to see what way I think diet's going to become bigger and bigger now within Gaelic the same way gym training has, so it's going to be interesting to see how that develops over the next few while, you know, and if anything becomes the mainstay or if, if any method becomes the, the best one, but it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, and, and there's whole different... There's changes... As you said all the time there's different
1: things coming in there's it intermittent fast and now like the next thing next big thing could be eating. <laughs> you know uh, every, everything changes and um, but there's no doubt that recovery and and diet are they're probably two of the two of the most buzzwords in ga at the moment and probably mm, yeah. in sport and,
0: and and sleep as well now is obviously huge but um, it, it's amazing to see how you know gaelic for so long kind of was, was very amateur and now within the past couple of years it's like exploded into you know like everyone's trying to do every wee thing the recovery the nutrition the training you know it's just it's it's went from zero to a hundred very quickly like i'm sure you've you've really seen that like
1: i have yeah like even when i started back off it was the you know the gym was only starting out um you know like like obviously if, if, if you have pool sessions straight away it's it's a complete different shift and i think it's great 'cause you're playing at that level. What you wanna do, like you wanna improve, you wanna be the very best you can be. Um, I'd love to be a professional athlete. I'd love to get paid for what I do. Yeah. Um but the mentality that I've had throughout my career is that I said to myself, I'm gonna look back on this and have no regrets and I'm gonna I'm gonna be a professional athlete, basically, for want yeah. of a better word. And um prepare properly and do everything right and but there's a huge even in club um in club in club football in Hurland there's there's a massive shift in professionalism and sure so I think it's great. the GA is w- an amazing or organisation and you know, if it was if if the standard was poor or, or, or if it was, you know I sure I wouldn't be playing, like I wouldn't have been yeah. better, I'd be gone off doing something individual so um, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. I don't know. I, it'd be very interesting to see what football and hurling are like in forty years' time. Whether it will be, uh, you I just don't know. You can't, you just you can't know. see
0: it maintaining that. It just is going more professional, like and m- more and more professional. But I think, I think Dublin's gives you a kind of good wee insight at the minute. You know, I would love to get in and see what's actually going on in there in terms of the professionalism they have and the systems they have in place. They seem to be very quiet and everything, but know i think that could you a wee glimpse of what it's going to be like in 10 20 30 years time but probably will be magnified then yeah you don't get much out from the dublin
1: from the dublin scene you know um but i read jackie turrell's book um Kenny hurler he would have nine all ireland medals he played cornerback for Kilkenny, and you know i would have been a huge mm-hmm. uh supporter and watching brian cody and all that and what I'm trying to get to is, we're talking about Dublin there, and it was like Kilkenny were like Dublin there, <laughs> winning all irons for fun, but bizarrely enough, they had very primitive training uh, resources in Kilkenny. They hardly had lights. Right. Um, they were one of th- they were the last team in the country to get tight fit jerseys. They were the last team in the country to get GPS units. So what they had was they had an incredible spirit they had a never said die attitude they had yeah. a, they had honesty and he spoke a lot about this because i was expected you know um to read up about like, boys pumping iron like there was no tomorrow yeah you know the stats uh they had none of this and you know it was just really really i was there going wow they said manny's the time well he said twice it happened that they were they trained in st kieran's college which is the the hurling hotbed secondary school in kilkenny and they trained out there in the winter, right up to the league, the end of the league. And he said the lights were absolutely horrendous in it; you couldn't see the ball hardly. A um, couple of nights they had to go running with the car lights on. Uh, the lights went off. Yeah. Now, th- obviously, that didn't happen every night, but uh, just found it found it very very interesting. But the main thing was, he said, everyone every night that they went out gave it a hundred percent and. Mm-hmm. You know, lot to, lot to lot to be said for that as well.
0: There is like and I think um yeah, obviously we chat a lot about these things, but I think if you have a group of players and you have a lot of honesty and boys that are willing to take ownership of the thing, you will go a far, far away, like with that. Everything else is a wee advantage on to that. But if you have that to start with, you're in a good place, like, aren't you? Definitely, definitely. Um like the
1: gym, the diet Hydration, stretching, compression gear—you know—all all them kind of things are fantastic. But I suppose the thing that's probably—I'm just—I'm just speaking personally—and you know, I, I'm not a big-headed fella, but maybe it's my mentality ultimately that has has kept me going and got me to where I am. I wanted to go further than other lads. I wanted to push myself harder than other bikes yeah. There's been way better footballers than me, Knocking w- going within the county, and a bit like Jackie Terl, like you know, every night I went out in the field, whether it was. Whether it was raining or s- or or s- or snowing, I I ground lads down, and I wanted yeah. to. I had that mentality that there's been so many better footballers to me in the county, and if someone was probably looking 15, and I know people in the county still say it about me, you know, how is that lad like? How is yeah. he playing for me? But I'll 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 I will outwork your man. I haven't seen a lad yet there's very few Donald Keoghan is pushing me now at the moment he's a machine Uh, but like I fought and I fighted lads and mentality having a really really strong mind is is so important and I've had plenty of you know plenty of uh, kicks in places that you don't want to get kicks yeah you know and come back from
0: it yeah and I think that's I think that's important that people hear that too because obviously we do chat a lot about these other things but whenever it's in your head that, and, and you hear it from these winning teams and, and winning players when it's in your head that you won't be beat and when it's in your head that you're going to work harder than anyone else it's very very hard to break that like
1: Yeah like you know if there's any young fellas listening um like I wasn't on the mid, mid team under 14, 15, 16 um, I was knocking around the squads right but I wasn't p- wasn't on the team Um under 17 we went up north and we played down and we played Armagh and all of a sudden I was playing centre back when I was yeah. under 17 I was kind of like like that that's a bit weird but I must have been I had a bit of a growth sport and I developed a little bit and physically uh-huh. Um I would have probably been small and carrying a bit of puppy fat maybe <laughs> as a young fella yeah. Um and uh yeah got picked got picked for the minors and but like just the under 17 thing just to, you know so what, I, what I'm trying to say is if you're not the best player or you're not getting game time you know don't put your head into the sand keep trying to improve and keep trying to sure how many times do you see li- like I got picked for the iron under 17 trials the Aussie rules just had a had a good year and it's like everything came at once you know I, I yeah I developed and my confidence and Big news around the village, you know, um, getting to go for the uh, the under seventeen as your rules. <coughs> so you got you got letters in the post. You pass this trial. You're now into the last trial. Jeez, three games against Australia. This yeah. to be something else. Like this is like this is Longwood, like yeah. village of three hundred people. No one played football for me. Next him getting the trial for you know, but four Mead lads went for the trial. Three boys made it. I was the only lad who didn't make it. I remember coming home and, oh, th- he knew by the stamp. It's the. Yeah. Says you You know, it's the, it's the it's the squad didn't make it. Oh my Jesus! The tears started flowing. By God, I was running out, running out in the snow and ever. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was running because yeah. I felt it was the right thing to do. Um. But
0: that probably motivated you probably more did. than anything else.
1: It did but the other three guys never played senior football for me. Really and I don't mean to be the great lad saying that it gives me no pleasure yeah. saying it but I'm just trying to say I got a massive kick Um. you know I, it was oh it was devastating it was devastating but maybe if I made it maybe I would have thought I was the great lad maybe that's I would have got a big head
0: that's the thing and y- you see it a lot like growing up whenever you're under 14, 15 there was these boys that were you know, the next big thing the, the prodigies and you look now and they're if they are playing they're maybe not not unbelievable or half of them don't make it I think it is that thing to see once you're told w- your whole life that you're brilliant and you're excellent you think I don't need to do anything I've got it all sorted here yeah. and that's a bad mindset to get when you're 14 or 15 people probably still get it whenever they're older too and people go hey you're brilliant you're doing really well and i think sure what else do I need to do Yeah. but whenever you're constantly told that maybe you're not good enough maybe you need to improve on things like as I was saying to you beforehand I was always told I was the slowest person cart horse, everyone called me a cart horse, still am to be fair, but that led me to go and to learn about strength conditioning, now I have a gym, now I'm chatting to you and do the podcast, you know, so sometimes it's not the worst thing when people are are saying shit like that to you, it motivates you in a different sort of way, like, in a better way.
1: Definitely, Alex Ferguson, I agree with you 100%, I agree with you 100%, like, Alex Ferguson says, two of the best words in the dictionary are well done, saying well done to someone, but I think that maybe kids nowadays and everyone in general it's everything is well done like you, you give a hand pass well done like you give it you give it and my father was a, a huge disciplinarian very very a brilliant father like he played yeah. played a bit of football and goals for me he was from a different club he came into the bought the pub came into the village but it was never lovey-dovey in my house like it was never it was nearly why? You, why, do, why were you doing that? For <laughs> yeah. Under twelve, under ten. Why, why we get, like? In a way, it was probably too much. Right the other way, yeah. but I agree completely that Everton is just muddy muddy coddled a little bit and very soft. And Jesus, there's there's no harm in a bit of tough love. And as you said, look, no, definitely now not. now now you're driven to to try and get quicker if you're a gym, you're you know, and um, I'm kind of delighted. My father was like that with me. He kept telling me to practice my left foot. He plagued me. Uh, I'd d- look at my right foot no he'd be saying what about your left where's yeah. your what about your left foot so um,
0: it's it's standard isn't it like you know if you have high standards that, that controls everything
1: it does and like I said I had a great a great upbringing I don't mean to be saying that bad about my father there it gas man but um, I did have high standards and I wanted to improve and I wanted to learn and um, those little like the Aussie rules is one thing that just sticks in my mind. Breaking the leg. Two thousand and ten, everyone's saying he's finished now, he won't he won't get the pace back. He was slow enough anyway. He won't he'd break his leg, he'll lose he won't, he won't come back from that. And that was just more motivation and Yeah. To to improve and to, to get better and and drive on.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh I think that's an important thing for people to hear that you know, you, you can't I- you can't actually be content with where you're at either. Know, no matter how good you're playing no matter what level you're at if you start to get content and think i've got it all sorted you're on the way down like yeah you've that got goes you've for football or even work or life in general life, like
1: yeah keep trying to improve Sure, the world is your oyster Um you can go to inhibitions are just in the mind you know you can go to whatever level you want and and, and there's going to be bumps in the road there's going to be challenges it's very rare we'll just take a football career he's just after coming into my head there now it's very rare you're going to be a Brian Fenton, who who's hasn't lost a championship match. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, yeah. he's played every single game for Dublin in the China uh, for five or six years, and he hasn't lost champ. Like y- it's rare that happens. So you're going to have setbacks, but just deal with them right. Talk to someone if you're struggling with it, and uh, I'd be saying definitely don't don't put your head in the sand. Come out f- come out swinging.
0: Definitely, it's only way to do it. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a good place to end there. That that's an hour we done as well. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, actually, well what we'll we'll finish on is a wee quick fire round. So I've asked these in the past couple, just a couple of couple of quick questions. First one, uh, your best GAA moment. Um, we'll go with
1: winning the intermediate football championship with the club last year. Mhm. Um, that's just the first
0: thing that comes to me. It's funny you say that of like Connell and Mark that I asked. It all revolved around club. Yeah. Even, you know, Marks was like all Ireland but he said very closely followed by club club championship. Yeah, your club was very special. Um
1: we'd been in three relegations to go down to junior A. and uh, we we were intermediate and we were in three relegations in a row and we won the we won then <laughs> we won the championship, you know, last year. It was it was mad. Like if If the bookies at the start of the year if you asked who the bookies would be getting relegated like longwood would be it was like a leicester city winning the premiership that that's the only thing i can compare it 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 was it was mad so we're in our first year senior football in about 80 or 90 years and um that was really special in the village you know a small community on the clear border fantastic
0: that's amazing uh worst ga moment worst ga moment
1: uh losing a couple of leinster finals to dublin was very tough um breaking the leg, I suppose was, was was I didn't know how that was going to go. You know, you were worried at the time yeah. were you gonna get back, but um something else will probably come into my head later on, but I'd say it'd be off to just off the top of my head.
0: Best score you've ever taken? Best score? Mm-hmm. Jeez lad, I haven't got too many to meet, unfortunately. You're you're in the corner back
1: line usually, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in the I'm in corner back, yeah. But I can play. I played half half forward last year against Theron. Um working back. Um, got a decent point against Toron last year in the championship. But I've kicked a few for Longwood now. Kicked Aye. a few for Longwood, but um, poked a few. But no, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of stopping lads. more so than scoring.
0: That's what I tell myself as well. Best best drinking session after one or best partying session. Oh, my God. Do so uh, you remember?
1: Oh, there's been, a, there's been a few of them. Went in a few mad. We bet Mayo in the All-Ireland quarterfinal in 2009. Jeez, um, we did a mental session <laughs> after that. It's mad. That could have been a Sunday night. Did that. Obviously, I live in a pub. Um, Lying upstairs in bed. I li- live above the pub. Got a phone call at about uh, 8 o'clock. A few of the mead boys saying... Uh, Keeper on our way out to there. <laughs> Open up that pub, and I oh yeah, lads, right, like grand, like they were f- they were jarred And um, Which is half eight. I heard the the knocking on the door, and it was the boys, and we went down at half eight, and we start we started drinking, and we made it to coppers <laughs> that night. That's not a word of a lie. I'd say I, I I I you I don't. Are we allowed put that on the podcast? <laughs> that was m- mental. but <laughs> that uh, great memories? Great memories. You know, you bet me on the quarter final, and then. Got, you got got down to work after that, but um I think I think, you know, at the same time, sorry, I know it's quick fire, but Everton is very serious nowadays and there there is no harm. I of all the autobi- autobiographies I read and I'm not a big drinker, I was born uh-huh. reared in the pub, I'm not a mad, mad drinker. I was I was, um, a few years ago, but um they all say that there's nothing like a bonding session on yeah. the beer. Mhm. No matter what you do, you can do quizzes, you can do Fun games, fun events go off, and you know to.
0: There's something to be said for it breaks down barriers. Yeah, it you does know. like it does. Toughest opponent,
1: Andy Morn and Mayo, uh, Gooch Cooper, uh, Stephen O'Neill was very tough as well. to all the boys, but I, Andy Morn and for his strength and his 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 movement, he was not unbelievably quick. But he he was a serious man to move, and the Gooch was just, left right. He could turn a sixpence. Paddy Bradley was good now as well. Paddy was coming to the end of his time with Derry, but well they were tough they were tough cookies to uh-huh. Marcos, you know, all them boys. But I'd probably i s- I'd probably go with Andy and, and Gooch oh, just off the top of my head.
0: Uh lastly I think w- we have kinda half covered this anyway, but best advice for any young players.
1: Um there's probably no you know, golden nugget or there's no exact answer to this. Um I'd say do your best. Train hard. If you have setbacks, um, you know, come out, come out fighting, and um, be willing to learn and and practice. And I'm probably giving you a lot of things there, but you know, it's it's there's no secret. The secret is there's no secrets. It's yeah. hard. It's hard work.
0: Yeah, it's consistency. Have the uh, honey badge honey badger mentality. Just. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not the size of the dog. It's the fighting the dog. That's it. Um, Hey, thanks very much. That was good. Um, Appreciate. Appreciate the time. I hope that was okay. That was good. That was good.